Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. We come to you weekly talking all things Buffalo Bills, the latest, the greatest, the best insight and analysis in the history of podcasting always comes from Big Chris Newton. Big Newt, how are you, buddy? I'm tired, man. I'm tired. You know why? I've been running sprints at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm waiting for that call, man. Today's Tuesday. Um, they brought in Xavier Rose for a workout, and I think they're going to call Big Newt, man, to shore up that offensive line, man. We got so many injuries, I'm going to make a comeback as a 49-year-old 400-pounder, giving you a couple of plays at left guard. Well, I've seen video of you, and that straight line speed is impressive. So <laughs> do you, you think you still have your 40 time from back in your uh, – your Western Missouri State days? God, no, man. I'll probably pull everything. My ACL, MCL, my Achilles, everything <laughs> will just pop. But, hey, I go out there and lay it on the line, man, for the Buffalo Bills, just like our guys did this week, man. I'm very proud of what they did, man. Okay, so let's start with a question. The Bills lose this game. Are you concerned? No. No. Not Tell me why least. you're not concerned. Not at the least. And, and 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 once again, man, I keep saying this. I'm an ex-athlete, so I look at things in those terms. When you whoop people, man, we've been whooping them the last four years, right? Yeah. So it's basically lately we've been the big brother, they're the little brother. This mm-hmm. is like their Super Bowl, dude, and I, and I put it on Twitter. Usually I don't put a lot of Buffalo stuff on Twitter. I mean, I'm not very active on Twitter. I just use Twitter to look at other people's stuff. But I put a lot of stuff this week because it is hilarious to me how they acted in the locker room. They poured Gatorade on their coach, dude. Gatorade, not water. <laughs> they poured nasty, sticky Gatorade, and they're happy. And I get it. I understand. They're, they're the little brother. We're the big brother. We've been whooping them. So yeah. they take it as a Super Bowl. And not to make excuses, but it's like, dude, our whole team, dude, one more injury or one more crimped our offensive lineman, we would have been playing a tight end at guard. Like, yeah. that's how bad we were. We had an undrafted free agent, the kid from Buffalo out there, bro, taking 50 snaps, you know? <laughs> so it's like, no, like, if you would have told me that that was going to happen and it still would have came down to the last play, I would have took that. That was yeah. – that's crazy, man. I know – once again, I know I'm getting off into it, but no, no not okay. at all. Not at all. I, I'm I'm not concerned either because when you look at the litany of things that had to go wrong in order for the Bills to lose the game, I, I just think that as long as the theme of the season doesn't become injuries, because exactly, I mean the Bills have been the healthiest team in the NFL according to the number of lost games per season, mm-hmm. the healthiest team in the NFL for the previous two years, so. They were bound to regress to the median. Right. Or the mean, I should say. And it's happening. I just didn't expect it to all happen in week three of 2022. I figured it would happen over the course of the season. Right. And then, boom, it happened. That's not the reason the Bills lost the game. It it was a contributing factor. But to anybody who's blaming the loss on that or the heat, 
you're chasing your tail. You're looking for excuses. The difference is the Dolphins made a couple of key plays when they had to, and the Bills didn't convert key plays when they had to. Otherwise, it was a it was a Buffalo Bills domination. Yeah. Okay. I see yeah. that. I. I want to disagree because, and we're going to talk about this and we're getting off, but one of the things is that I did not, we're going to talk about the three things we like and three things we didn't like. And mm-hmm. one of the things I did not like was the third and 22. Okay. Didn't but like before, that. No. But before I talk about it though, I'm going to say if Hyde and Poirier were back there, well, we have given that up. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> you, it's, it's possible me, that, that they wouldn't the, have. That was the biggest, I mean, that's one of the biggest plays of the game. If Hyde Poor wasn't out there, was out there, would we have given it up? I doubt it. Okay. And so if you go out there, so I, I don't want to make excuses, but we were out there without our starting secondary. I mean, so how many people, how many people can win a game without your starting secondary? So, so it's not excuses, and, and and I agree with you. What you said is, when you're looking at, are you mad, Chris, about this about this singular game? No, I'm not. But yeah, I am worried because now I don't think we're gonna be Baltimore unless we unless we get guys back. I don't think we're gonna be Baltimore with what we had out there. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. But here's the thing: ifs and buts. What do you always say? If ifs and buts with candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Where does that come from? That I have is so no strange. Idea. I have no idea. The Merry Christmas part really throws me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I have a couple of those. I it, it's very folksy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. My, okay, you, my, you can I, say what if go ahead. Hyde and Poyer were back there. Well, what if the Bills got a pass rush on that play? I mean... There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into it. I mean, Tua had a lot of time. What if Tua wasn't allowed back in the game? Yeah, we would have won because but they yeah they cheated. That that dude was in concussion protocol and they brought him back out there. And they're doing they're going to do this <laughs> investigation on it, which is probably going to be just as much as Sam is uh, January 11th investigation. But I I digress. But yeah, that he's no way he should have been wobbling. He was visibly wobbling, and then he came back on the field. So, well, I'm going to challenge that belief, okay? Because I've been thinking about this, and they would need approval from a third party, a a, uh, a neutral arbiter on that, in order to let him go back on the field. And that person approved it. And here's the other thing. He didn't look like he was scrambled on the field. He played well. Like, yeah, I I would say Tua looked pretty darn good in, in that game. He did, but I'm just saying when the when the hit happened, he couldn't stand up. No, that that's was all weird. That's all I'm talking about. Afterwards, I hats off to him, man. He made some throws, man. I give it to him. He did, you know. And uh, I I think that the Dolphins have found themselves a good head coach. Yeah. He's a little weird looking. He's weird looking and weird acting. Yeah, he's a little odd, but hey, man. <laughs> he seems like somebody of my ilk, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't describe you as weird looking, but okay. Uh, you each their own. Once again, man, like I said, I, 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 I've said this before here. I judge guys off their girls, and you always, I mean, you wasn't getting the, the worst of them, so I tell you. Well, your wife I, is lovely. 
Yeah. I appreciate so. that, but hey, who knows what he's pulling? Yeah. I mean, but he's probably mega rich, so I'm sure he has some beautiful woman just like all the other coaches, like uh, your boy out in the Rams. But he's a pretty boy. The dude well, with the Rams, is, his wife but, is beautiful. And- but I've recently become friends with uh, with a writer, and I'm not going to give uh, give away any names here, but uh, we somebody brought up when we were watching football who is the most handsome head coach in the NFL. And he's like, and he said the same thing you do. He goes, well, I'm going to base it on uh, the women that I'm aware of these guys getting with. And when, <laughs> and when the boy in the Rams was in DC, he's like, check out this resume. He started naming them off. And I'm like, Oh my God. Right. Like I think your boy out there in Arizona, he dates like Victoria's Secret models and stuff like that. So I mean, kudos to them, man. They're living the life, man. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I'm happy for them. But that's how I that's how I judge men. I can't judge a man. I mean, because women look for different things in men. Some women like tall men. Some people like dark complexed men. And and so I was like, I don't know, but I just judge your woman's women. So like I said, yeah, even you- before you were married, you always was, you know you know, pulling them. So I was always impressed with that. Which well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I know you did just find yourself. I just have known you all throughout your marriage. Right. So, uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the newt did his thing back in the day. We digress though. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get too off track. Yeah. Right. So why don't we dive into the things that we didn't like? So you, you already named one things we did like things we didn't like. You already named one thing you didn't like. It was that third and 22 play. And that was well, a backbreaker. Well, let me explain to you more that that's the thing I did not like. And I agree with you in what you said. I feel like, and I said it then, gentlemen, I was watching the game on the couch. I'm like, dude, why are we only going three people, one going rushing three people? And dropping everybody else. I'm like, we should be blitzing. At least bring four people, if not blitzing, and make them get rid of the ball quick. And so that's why as soon as I seen us line up pre-snap, I'm like, oh, geez. And then sure enough, (laughs) Waddle split the safeties. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just think we should have got rid of the ball quick on that one. It's interesting because that is the only play I can think of in recent memory where the Bills – only rushed three players. Yeah. They, they rushed four on every single play and mm-hmm. then somehow didn't on that one. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get it, but that's one. And, and it bit us. I mean, I think that was one of the plays that turned the tide, man, but we pretty much bottled up uh, Tyreek Hill for the most part. Yeah. And then uh, Waddle had those, that, that catch was, was really important. I think he had another one. So we kept him in check for the most part, which I was most proud about. Oh, yeah. Tyreek Hill had two receptions for 33 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, Waddle, he was good. He had four receptions for 102 yards, but they only had 20 passing attempts and completed 13 throws. Uh, Tua was uh, 13 of 18 himself. For mm-hmm. 186 yards, they they didn't have the ball enough to run a lot of plays. Right. They just made a count when they were on the field. You know what it reminded me of, and I hate to say this, uh, it reminded me a lot of Super Bowl 25 mm. when the, the Giants had the ball for 39 minutes and the Bills still pushed it up to 19 points in the game. Mm. So, what's something you liked? 
All right. So one thing I did like is the fact that we didn't quit. Mm-hmm. Although the injuries piled up and 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 kind of going through the timeline with that, I didn't know that Mitch Morris was going to be out until almost kickoff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he was out. We knew that Jordan Phillips, uh, Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver was going to be out. We knew Dane Jackson was going to be out. Poirier out. All right. But as the injuries mounted up, Tommy Doyle tore his ACL. Jake Kumro has a high ankle sprain. Ryan Bates suffered concussion. Okay. Uh, Christian Bedford uh, having surgery, what, today or tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay. He, uh, he fractured his hand. So as those injuries mounted up, and then we're not going to even talk about heat exhaustion, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I mean, you saw with Stephon Diggs, he was trying to fight through it, and towards the end of the game, he'd go in, in for a play, and then he had to come out. Go in for a play, come out. And so we had guys suffering from heat exhaustion. And Spencer and, Brown was taken out in the first half because yep. of a heat-related illness, they called it. And I convinced that that was affecting his play. He couldn't get a hand on Melvin Ingram. Right. Right. And Melvin Ingram is well known as as a Buffalo Bills killer. Right. So I'm with you. That team, it didn't quit. And a, a lot is being made of that hug between Josh Allen and Tua where Josh was putting his head on Tua's shoulder and it looked like they were snuggling. Mm-hmm. I think he was just so exhausted he couldn't hold his head up. And that's what I felt too. I didn't like the look, but I'm just imagining how exhausted and how hot he was. I was like, okay. You know, and Tua, once again, we talked about uh, Tua is like Polynesian. I, when I look at him, I think of like Manti Teo, Polynesian people. I think he was sincere. He was he's, He seems like a heartfelt guy. Um, sure. So he's just like, you know, comforting him, trying to make sure he's okay. Um, and I respect him for that. I have no problem with it. Cause, and he's been through a lot himself. A lot of people are calling him a bust. A lot of people were saying that he wasn't worth it. He ain't this and that. But he, he can't throw it deep. We laughed at him uh, in the preseason when he threw that pass to Tyree Hill. It looked like a punt, but mm-hmm. he's showing that he can put the ball in the air. And it, well, a lot of times, man, it just takes the combination of a good coach and to bring the talent out of you. And now he looks the part. You know what I'm saying? Right now, first game, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And we were ready to put him on the scrap heap because right. of the coaches. So a lot of times, once again, man, it's that right combination that you got to get. And, and and I just think people don't realize how important that is. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, think, I think you're extremely right about that. And we probably won't do a full show on player-coach fit until the Bills are looking for a new head coach. Uh, but at, at the same time, you know, Tua was a top 10 pick for a reason. He had right. success. And coaches can destroy a player. We, we've seen it happen time and time again in the wrong system, wrong being around the wrong players. It can happen. I honestly, I was never part of the dump onto a crowd. And the problem with social media is every Bills fan wanted to jump all over every crappy throw that he had during training camp. And the mm-hmm. reality of it is, Every quarterback throws crappy throws right. once in a while. Right. You know, it just happens to be put on social media. It's like, oh, look, he can't, he can't get the ball to his receivers. Well, he was just fine getting the ball to his receivers downfield in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
What what else did you like or dislike? I like the next thing I like, Moss's run. Oh yeah. It okay. was about time, right? Yeah, man. He broke off the trunk run. Um and it made our uh rushing numbers look respectful. All right. So if you go <laughs> <laughs> if you can, what was it? It was like a, a 40 some yard run. 43. 43 yard runs. And so that brought our rushing up to a hundred I just closed the window. I apologize because it started talking. I didn't know if you could hear it in the mic. Right, good. <laughs> so I closed the window. So you got to excuse me. I got to bring it back up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like a hundred and some yards. And and, uh, and so it was like 40 some yards. So if you take that out, it would have been 20 some carries for like 50 yards, which is horrible. So <laughs> I love this run. I'm glad. And once again, I'm going to keep beating the drum for Zach Moss. Um, I'm gonna keep beating the drum for him to get more carries and get in his uh and get more looks in the offense. Um, so that made me happy. But to couple with that, to couple with that, I'm I said our running game has to be better. So oh, I got it on things I like, Moss Run, and then things I didn't like was our running game. Um Josh yeah. Allen was Josh Allen, eight carries for 47 yards. Once again, um, he was because they were blitzing a lot, so we got to scramble, which is fine. And then Zach Moss, but um, yeah, if you take those two things away, then we rush for like twenty some yards, dude. And that's just between Singletary, McKenzie, and Cook, and the other rusher from Zach Moss. So that's not good enough. Yeah, these are the stat lines that bother me. Zach Moss had four carries for forty six yards. One of those carries was 43. I hate the inconsistency. Right. right. I, I love the 43-yard run. I hate that the rest of them barely got past the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I like that one thing. I didn't like the other. So that's coupled. Um, another thing I didn't like, the heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, I don't know exactly what day they traveled. I tried to Google it and find out uh, when we travel. I just know from my experiences, usually NFL teams travel on Saturday for a Sunday game. Which I believe is what they did. Okay. and let's, So let's take that into assumption. I feel like we should have traveled last Tuesday because we knew it was going to be hot. We talked about it last week how hot it was going to be in Miami. Why don't you just spend the week down there to get acclimated to, to the weather? Why wait till Saturday? So the things that we did could have been avoided if we were already down there acclimated to the weather. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I didn't like, and that fits into something a little larger that I'll talk about. But okay, um, yeah, I, I I think the acclimation aspect. I I don't know what the right answer is. Maybe it's making everybody take an IV before the game or something like that. But it did not affect Miami in exactly the same way it did the Bills. Exactly. But it don't affect them because they're down there in their habitat. Yeah. Where we're coming from Buffalo. What was it in Buffalo last week? 50 degrees? <laughs> and then now you've got to go in 24 hours. you got to play on a field that they said was over 100 degrees out on the field. That's what Sal Capaccio said. Mm-hmm. It was well over 100 degrees down there. He said it was brutal. And you got to think – these are young men that are going to Miami. What do people do when they go to Miami? Oh man! Yeah, they party. Don't don't, don't remind. Oh, I love 
I love South Beach. So uh, it, it's it's pretty amazing. I've only been there once, and I, I I was like, wow, I can't believe this is real life. But anyway, <laughs> they're gonna go down there, and they're gonna tie one on the night before. And what does alcohol do? Mm-hmm. It dehydrates you. And hopefully that wasn't the case. But if they went down there and did a little, uh, little bit of partying, ooh, that could have been a contributor. Yeah. And the way we were falling out, man, it feels like, once again, we're assuming we weren't there. We don't have any inside information on that. We're just assuming that young people with a lot of money, at very worst, you got time. I mean, I, don't, I think they have curfew. Okay. That would um, I don't think they're going to be out partying. I don't think they're going to allow that. Sammy Dern's going to allow that. But at the very least, you might be meeting up with, once you get in town, you're going to meet up with your family, maybe have dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, it could be that, you know? So mm-hmm. I just think, once again, we should just went down there. We played Monday night. We should have, <laughs> Tuesday off day, we should have just traveled down there and gave him another off day down there. I don't know. But then that might be the reason why we don't go down there early. So that could be it too. It, well, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> coming off uh, coming off a Monday night game, it it compresses the week, and it could, that right. is it, it's interesting because you see time and time again the record of teams coming off of Monday night games is terrible mm-hmm. because that compressed week it just doesn't give you enough time to implement a game plan. It doesn't give the players enough time to recover physically, and I I think that if the Bills had a full seven days, I think that might have been slightly different. I agree. I can see that. But again, ifs and buts, it's not an excuse because the Bills had a chance to make plays and they didn't make them. I agree. What else you got? With a skeleton of of a roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, The last thing I didn't like, okay, um, the narrative that we can't win close games. Now that's all you're hearing. We're on seven since last year in uh, one score of games. I want to debunk that that narrative. So I don't I don't like hearing it. I don't like it. Um, but it's true. But if you look at games before that, then it'd probably even out like you say towards the mean. But, yeah, since last year, we're losing close games, and I don't like hearing that from the national media. Like, we can't get it done. So, if you look since last year, we've been winning. The games we win are always blowouts. And if it's not a blowout, then we lose. So, basically, you're saying we're Mike Tyson. We knock Hmm. people out in the first, second round, but then if it goes the distance, then you're going to lose because you're not used to it. So, I want to get back on a winning track and start winning some close games. And hopefully that can happen against Baltimore. Um, once again, Baltimore is playing well. Uh, Lamar Jackson right now, I will say it's a two-man race for MVP after week three if it's such a such th- such a thing. Uh, Lamar Jackson would probably be MVP if we did it after three weeks. And Josh Allen might be second. And number three, I'm going to throw Jalen Hurts in. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. yeah, who saw that coming? Oh, yeah, he's balling, man. Yeah. Eagles look formidable, boy. Um, yeah. So... Uh, I just don't think we could go out there with a skeleton of a roster and beat Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. It's going to be torrential rain. Um, if it's raining, they can run the football, and and they're effective at that also. So uh, we just got to get guys healthy, and, and then that lends to what you're saying. Hopefully this doesn't keep snowballing. 
hopefully we can hurry up and get healthy and get back on a winning track. But with this roster and what we got out there out there right now, once again, we got undrafted free agents getting major minutes. We got guys, street free agents coming in that's going to have to play this week. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is great, man. He's playing wonderfully, but I don't even think he can overcome that. So here's the first thing I liked. Greg Rousseau. Ah, you took one on him. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, he had a sack and a half. Did you know that Greg Rousseau leads the NFL in quarterback hits and um, and tackles for loss after yes. three weeks? Yep. Dude, this guy is coming around. He's looking so strong at the point of attack. Right. He just manhandles the 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 person in front of him and i i'm loving seeing it because i was worried that he was going to be a, a boogie basham type right but clearly that's not the case three and a half sacks after three games do you think he could get to 17 sacks in 17 games I, he could of course uh, i wouldn't expect it but you know i mean it is helping a great deal that Von Miller is on the field because exactly. Von Miller drew double teams on just about every play that he was on the field. He didn't register any statistics except for uh, he knocked down one pass. So right. nothing. AJ Epinesa, nothing. But, you know, they they were protecting and this was an offensive line that got really roughed up by the Bills last year uh, mm-hmm. on, in both games. Now, the Bills did a great job of stopping them from running the ball. But, you know, they they only had two sacks on the day, and I thought the offensive line for the Dolphins held up pretty well. I totally agree. And so going back to what I just asked, Greg Rousseau, 17 sacks if he keeps this up. I don't think he's going to get 17 sacks. But before the season, I believe, if I recall correctly, we said if he, if he had 10 sacks, we'd be overjoyed. I think he's going to hit that mark. Mm. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and as long as he keeps up this pace anywhere near close. And once again, that's why we're bringing in Von Miller. Okay? So others could be better and lift others to a higher level. And I think we're seeing that after the first three weeks. So hopefully we could just continue and keep it up. So that's definitely one of the things I like. Great. What else do you have? Um, Josh Allen, your boy, man. That's my who, boy. Who would have thought that he'd have a 71% completion percentage and one of the tops in the NFL? He leads the NFL in passing yardage, one of the touchdown leaders. But what's uh, most important to me and what's eye-catching is 71% completion percentage. It's unreal. Who would have thunk? I mean, 71% is I, – I, that, that is clearly MVP numbers. Yes. Yeah, and it, and it just shows – and you when you watch the game, you can see it. And you remember when we used to always say – because you when you're not at the game, you're watching the game on TV. Right, so you seeing Josh Allen drop back to throw, and then he throws it. The last twenty years with the guys we didn't had at quarterback, and this is so inept, we'd be surprised if the dude catch it, right? Yes. But now it's like when Josh Allen drops back to throw it, it's like I almost feel like every time it's going to be a completion. That so it feels like when you say seventy one percent, it feels like seventy one percent. Yeah, like it, I have totally faith in 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 when he drops back to pass that we're going to have a completion. In the past, the Bills quarterbacks would only throw it to guys who were standing still, staring at them. Yep. And that bothered me. It's like, can't <laughs> you just 
hit a dude in stride. The offenses are designed for that. Josh Allen can do that. That yeah. makes me happy, which is why that leads me to something that I didn't like. Okay. When he on fourth in goal from the two yard line and he short armed it. Yeah. And it hit the ground a, a yard short of Isaiah McKenzie in the end zone. Like, Josh, what the hell was that? Right. So that is that really speaks to what you're talking about because when he uncorks a throw like that, it's like, who is this guy? What What is wrong with you? That were EJ Manuel? Yeah, all day long. You expect him <laughs> to, you expect it to hit the ground in front or sail five yards above the receiver's head. But that's right. not what we have anymore. Right. Right. And that was real peculiar. He knew it. He knew it. When he, he dropped to the ground, put his hand, he knew he had time. If he would have just stepped back and made the throw, he makes it. So he rushed it. Um, He's been, he get pressured. They were blitzing a lot. He felt like he had to get the throw off. So, I mean, um, but yeah, clearly, that was a bad play. Yeah. Mechanically, he clearly threw it with the nose of the ball down. Yeah. Like that's, it, it's easy to diagnose. He makes that 99 out of 100 times. Right. Too bad right. that happened to be one of the times. And that's why I'm glad that, that wasn't it. I'm glad we were able to get the ball back and then get another drive going because I know he felt bad about that. Um, yeah. One of the things I did like was I loved our defense on the goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had them pinned down in the shadows of their goal posts, that was a wonderful, wonderful series. And then you had the butt punt. And we got yeah. some safety. So that was awesome. Um, and then they punted the ball off and they got a great punt off. I thought we were going to get better field position than that. Um, but that series was immaculate, man. That was great. That was good football that kept us in it. The the defense did what it had to do at the end, right? Mm-hmm. To get us the ball back. And that brings me to something else that I liked. And I'm going to name another player by name. Jamarcus Ingram. Yes. Most fans don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Well, he is a guy that was an undrafted free agent from Buffalo, who you mentioned earlier. He's 25 years old. He was on the Bills practice squad. And when I say from Buffalo, that's where he went to college, UB. He got thrust into the lineup after, uh, what's his name, got hurt? Christian Benford. Benford, yeah. And then you didn't hear Jamarcus Ingram's name called the rest of the game. And when you're a defensive back, if they're not calling your name, that means your coverage assignments are sound. Yep. That's a victory right yeah, there. It yeah, it is, man. And once again, man, I, I don't want to act like I'm downing them because of that. They play better than I – you got to realize, dude, like what's the odds of this dude even getting reps in practice? This dude's on the practice squad. So scout he's, he's a scout team, so he's he's – basically giving you a look of Miami's defense. He ain't even going over the stuff that we're going, you know, like our game plan. So to thrust him into the game, man, kudos to him. And you're right. Against those top uh, receivers, that just lends to the preparation and the type of guys that they uh, have in our depth. Mm Because I'm telling you, if you just look on paper, and I know it sucks. I'm not making excuses. It's not ever uh, good to lose, right? But – if you really look on paper and all the injuries and the things we had against us, Miami should have whooped us. But we dominated with time of possession. We double up on, on yards. 
the fact that it wasn't even a game, we could have won the game at the end if we would have just managed the clock a little better. The fact that we were still in it, man, just lends to how good this team is. And I know it don't sound like that to a lot of people because all the most fans is just gonna look at all oh, we just lost, man, whatever. And then Miami's gonna be like, oh, shut up with the excuses, or we won, whatever. All right, that's fine. But when you cut through all that, the fact that we was still even in it with what we had out there, man, it just once again, it lends to how well constructed this team is. Yes. And I want to give credit where it's due here. I this would show up as something that I like about the opponent, which is Miami's DBs made some very yeah, timely they, plays in breaking up passes. Yeah. They like, got they stuck their hand, hands in on multiple passes. Yeah. They had incompletion. Yeah. And they made they, they made some excellent plays. They also dropped a number of interceptions. And that leads me to something that I didn't like. Okay. Um, Josh Allen had a few very errant passes, five of them which went off the defender's hands that looked like they could have been interceptions. That's a sure. lot of miscues, although he did throw the ball 60 times. And I was about to say, he threw it 65 times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you throw the ball 60 sometimes, you're going to have about five of them that's going to be bad. Right, right. <laughs> but um, it takes me to specifically what I don't like, which is missed opportunities. Okay. They just didn't capitalize. And I, I don't want to say that you know, Matt Milano should have had a pick six and Taron Johnson should have had a pick six because if you just look at Miami dropping five interceptions, def- defenders are not known for having good hands. So you can only expect them to, you know, catch it about half the time that the ball hits their hands, at least in my experience. That's what it seems like. But no, that's mis- true. That's why they play defense. If they had good hands, they'd be on offense. Right. Milano would have been a linebacker. Or would, instead of a linebacker, would have been a tight end, right? Tight end. Right. Exactly. Uh, but the the missed field goals, the skipped pass in the end zone, the dropped interceptions, the running out of time because the the clock management at the end of the game wasn't quite what it needed to be. I... You know, I, I didn't like the fact that they missed opportunities. And I, I do think that when the games count, when they're division games, when it comes to the playoffs, you you have to take advantage of the situations that present themselves. And I understand a lot of things were working against the Bills, but I would just like to see them refine themselves a little bit and do a little bit better job of keeping their composure as well. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of keeping their composure, let's talk about it. How do you feel about Ken Dorsey? I was gonna, I was gonna get to that since you took the Greg Rousseau one. I had an extra one. I got a couple extras in case you take my take my thunder. (laughs) So I'm not taking your thunder. I'm giving you an opportunity, like or dislike. Right, you giving me opportunity. Um, Ken Dorsey, man, I love the fact that he got mad. I posted the video. I, I love it. Um, although I don't feel that way, I wasn't mad after the loss. I'm glad that our coaches care because I've been around so many people who don't and mm. it, it pisses you off. And I know people are going to go, Oh, I know you hang around the Saints players, whatever. I'm not even talking about them. I'm going to tell you another story. Ooh. Um, when we were up there in DC, right. You know, you know, we were around Georgetown, right. So we have parking passes to go to the games, whatever. And we park where the Washington Wizards park. 
And so it, the few times of the year where Georgetown will have a game at noon and the Wizards play at 7 o'clock, I just leave the car there so I could, you know, have good parking. Whatever. Yeah. So I remember numerous times, and I, once again, I'm not going to call names, but um, I remember numerous times after a Wizards game, we'll come out and go to the car because our car is there from the Georgetown earlier, and we'll, park, we'll be there parked in the cage where it's the secure parking where uh, the Washington Wizards park. So we coming out of the game, it's all these guys that play for the Wizards coming out too. And it's like, we'll have tough losses, dude. And I walk into the car and they partying. They got, they, I don't really want to say that, but you can just <laughs> tell they don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They talking about, oh, where are we going tonight? Oh, we about to go here, follow me. And they got their girls and all that stuff. And I'm sitting there pissed off that we just had a tough loss and they ain't thinking two things about it. They're like, oh, what are we going to do now? Oh, well, you know. And that once again, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I will say a lot of people like that to bring it back around because the sports are their job. Mm-hmm. All right? So you got to be able to leave your job and go live your life. And that's how I chalk it up to. And so for Ken Dorsey to act the way he act, it just feels like he feels like a lot of Bill's Mafia, like the people who spent their hard-earned money flew out there. They really wanted to get the win. Uh, we were out there in full force. So for him to care, it makes you feel like, okay, I can ride with this guy. I can ride with this team because he cares like I care. You have been in locker rooms and you have friends in professional sports and you've said numerous times, trust me, the fans care a lot more than the players. Yes. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily apply to coaches. Right? Mm. Or do you think there's a lot of coaches that don't really care? No. I think coaches probably care a little bit more because I feel like there is more about their job. Yeah. Where if you're a star player, you could not care because you know with what they're paying you, then they're not going to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. Like you have more job security. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So Josh Allen, are we going to cut? Let's use Josh Allen, for example. Are we going to cut Josh Allen if if we start losing, but he's performing well? No. No chance. It'll be, it'll be Sean McDermott that goes. Right. So I think he cared, especially Ken Dorsey, because everybody looked at him like, oh, can he do it? This is his first time. So can, is he going to be able to do it, take over the reins and all this stuff? You know, so I think he's looking at it like, hey, I got two wins. I, and, and then we had the ball. And then that's the thing. He probably taking self-ownership because they we had the ball. Now, mm-hmm. the defense gives up a touchdown. Is he as mad? No. Is Leslie Frazier probably mad? No, it's considering who he is. He probably ain't as mad. But he's new. So he's looking at it like, man, no, I can't be messing up. And so he right. probably feels like taking ownership of it. And I love it. So just in case anybody missed it, when the Bills <laughs> ran out of time on the field, they cut to a clip of offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, who started slamming everything in his presence on the desk in anger until somebody mercifully put their hand over the camera Cover, lens. Covered the camera. <laughs> Which, whoever that was, the Bills need to give them a raise. Because mm-hmm. who knows what Dorsey did after that. Right. Exactly. So, Sean McDermott was asked about that, and he said that he had a conversation 
with Dorsey about it and told him, you need to keep your poise. And I have to agree with that. If you want your players to be poised at the end of a game, and there are times the Bills have shown that they don't have poise at the end of the game, and I'm specifically thinking of the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs when they were starting fights and getting personal fouls and everything else. You have to practice what you preach. And if you're preaching poise, you got to you you got to practice it. I so, agree. I agree with that. And McDermott has to say that. But Ken Dorsey's up in the press box. I understand. So what? It, so him having poise had nothing to do with the last drive. He wasn't on the field. People but, didn't know about that until after the fact. So I, you I, I don't lead know. by example. If the, if the players see it after the fact, it's it's going to sort of trickle down to them. I, I I think there's other ways of showing your anger that aren't on camera, that aren't so physical in nature. Okay. I'm not burying him, though. No, no, it, no. That, that's what he I did. want to be clear about. Right. I, I wish he didn't do it because this is going to be like a meme for the rest of our lives, uh, and I'm already tired of seeing it. I, I'm not. I'm not burying him for doing it because I agree with you. I like that he cares. I like that he has the fire. But I just think that you know, you like you said before, you're a professional. You got to act like a professional. That's like, interesting. Okay, That's Bobby fair. Hart, for example, Bobby Hart punching a dude in the face in the tunnel after the game. Not professional. <laughs> well, that's assault. I mean, yes. <laughs> that's assault. I think that's a little different. <laughs> but, I mean, I, no, that's interesting that you – and once again, it's totally subjective in how you take it. Like, to me, that doesn't bother me. Like, last week with Notre Dame, uh, Tommy Reese, our quarterback – I think we talked about this last week. Our quarterback came to the sideline. He's like, you playing like crap. And you can see you can see the QB, the freshman QB taking the uh, phone. And he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can read it. And then they showed Tommy Reese. You like you could just see the lips like hollering at him, but the dude down there was just like, Yes, sir, yes, just taking it. So, I mean, I guess I like that. I mean, I'm cool with that. That's just like Brian Kelly when he was with Notre Dame. When he first started, man, he was hell on wheels. He was, was cussing he? people out. Yeah. And our, uh, our AD and the president was like, Hey, look, Brian, you can't be doing that stuff. We're Notre Dame. Man, I love it. I love that stuff, man. And it's because that's – what I'm trying to say is I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm going to get on a tangent a little bit because everybody wants to eat hamburger, but nobody wants to slaughter the cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something better to say, but everybody wants to eat bacon, but nobody wants to slaughter the pig. It's, right. If you want to win, this is part of it. You know what I'm saying? And so I, and it is, it is personal to me because I'm dealing with this right now, coaching 12U football, Yeah, right? Everybody wants to win the championship. You told me you want to win the championship. Okay, well, you want fiery Newt, and Newt be fiery every week. So does that take people off sometimes? Do we get into arguments sometimes? Do do they think I'm allowed? My, I'm sure all those things happen, but you told me you want to win a championship. This is what it's going to take to win a championship. Brian mm-hmm. Kelly – Cursing people out and getting you have to be scared of them. You have to be scared because meaning you got to be fearful of not doing what you're supposed to do or you're going to be taken off the field. I love it. I feel like that's part of a winning program. Okay. Now, granted, now granted, people might might want to say, well, you don't want to see it. Well, because we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't right. know that. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, um, Josh Allen did say he's a psychopath. Yeah. But also you know, Josh Allen loves him. Yeah. So I, that, mean, I, I, I guess I should say something right there, like, sort of to your point. Yeah. I mean, I, I love seeing it because we, we're never privy to those, those type of things. And once again, because of me, my wife and I working in sport, we've been privy to see the behind the scenes. So a lot of things that a lot of people don't get to see. So, right. And so therefore I try to talk about things without bringing up names. Cause once again, Buffalo Rumblings don't pay me enough to get sued. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's why I'm trying to miss my words. But, but because I mean, I've been around coach K in a locker room after they not just have you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, like I said, I'm telling you, if you got any faith in me, right, I could write a book and probably make a lot of money, but I'll probably get sued too. Huh. But well, yeah, I guess I, that means you just need to find the right publisher who's going to back you up. Maybe, but I just, I don't know. I just look at it like, I don't, I don't, I don't want it that way. I don't want to tell other people. I don't, th- I don't think that's right. I shouldn't tell other people business to profit off. I don't, to me, that's kind of a scumbag thing. Well, it kind of is. Snitches get stitches, man. Yeah, snitches get stitches, right? <laughs> I just think, I've been thinking people with more money than me, they're going to pay somebody to come after me and I just don't want to deal with it. Well, but I've been, yeah. yeah, I've seen NCAA tournaments. I've worked tournaments and I've seen people tear up locker rooms and I've seen fights and all. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I, to me, I like that stuff. So I, I, I let me ask this question, I, and I don't want to speak out of both sides of my mouth here, but especially with football, isn't it kind of a militaristic type of environment with, with coaches and, you know, acting like drill sergeants trying to, in, in their eyes, get the most out of players? Some do. Some do. Some do. But then a lot of them, and that's a great question. Some are like that, but then some are like player coaches. And that once again, I keep going back to Notre Dame because that's my team, right? Brian Kelly was like that. I mean, it's well publicized that Brian Kelly, you didn't have access to him. His players didn't have access to him. Make an appointment if you want to come to my office, huh. right? Where Freeman, Marcus Freeman, he's young, he's hip, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm the players coach. And that's probably why we lost to Marshall. That's why it was coming to question that maybe he's too much of a players coach. You know what hmm. I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to go in and do TikTok dances. And I did the little commercial offseason, you know. I'm the hip guy. I wear, I wear, you know, skinny jeans and I'm hip like them. I listen to the music they listen to. And that's fine. That probably helps in recruiting, okay? But and is lead, it recruiting the game? It's half the game. You got to be able to lead men. And thank God, Marcus Freeman came back this week with a good win against North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? So I think it happens both ways. Being the drill sergeant type is going to work much better in college than it will in the pros, because. When you're in college, you have no choice. You're not making money. You're not equals. And I was just having this conversation with a good friend of mine who's a, a big, big Ohio State football fan. Mm-hmm. And he he was talking about Urban Meyer. And right. Urban Meyer is not somebody who can function in the pros because he can't – he is completely unable to view players as – his contemporaries and his equals. Right. He needs to be right. the the king of the system because he's great at coaching. He's terrible at game management. And right. in the pros, everybody has great talent. It's 
how do you prep them? How do you get them ready? If you're having a mutiny like they were having last year when somehow they beat the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. which still pisses me off because I paid a lot of money for that trip uh, <laughs> down to Jacksonville. And, um, you know, you're going to usher yourself out of the league. And here he is on his way to getting another gig, despite being a horrible human being. He's about to get another gig in college because they say, hey, he can recruit. We can let the coordinators deal with the rest of it. Not right. going to work in the NFL. So right. let's circle this back to Ken Dorsey. How do okay. we think he how do you think he governs himself in practice? I don't know, because I haven't been to any I haven't been to any of the training camp practices. I mean, I wouldn't know. I'd just be speculating. I think he's too much of an intellectual to act like that full time. We we can't possibly know. Yeah, we don't know. You know, right? But going back to college, coach, I just wanted to wrap this up with uh, what you said about college difference between college and pros. One thing about college is, do you want a coach that's bigger than your institution? And I've talked about this before. Bobby Bowen, when we were at Florida State, Bobby Bowen was bigger than Florida State. Even though Florida State had four championships, Bobby Bowen is an icon. Right. Big John at Georgetown. Big John Thompson was bigger than Georgetown. Yes, he was. Okay, so I think Urban Meyer, because of his successes at Florida and Ohio State, even though Ohio State had a great history, because he he's big. It's like you got a coach that's bigger than the program. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's great for the coach because that gives you security. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and, but hopefully you have a program that's good enough to where you're just a cog in a winning program. Mm-hmm. But like right now, um, Steve Starkeesian, okay, he's down in Texas, okay, larger than life. He's trying to get them back on track. Um, my boy that went to Oklahoma, um, USC from Oklahoma, you know, he's the hot guy. So you want to <laughs> get, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> you want to get the guy that's going to get you back on track. But sometimes uh, these these $10 million a year coaches are actually bigger than the program. So that's where you want to be individually, but I don't know. It, it kind of gives you no, the institution has very little leverage in those situations. Do you miss Ed Ogeron? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That guy is I so do. folksy and funny. I do, man. That dude, I love that dude. Go Daggers. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him in an interview. He's like, hey, let me tell you the story real quick. And, you know, he's got that deep, grumbling Southern... Right. Drawl, like so Louisiana, that guy. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. they call, he's like, they called me into the office and they said, Hey, uh, we think we're going to fire you. And he said, Wait a minute. Uh, what does that mean? He's like, Well, we, uh, we're going to pay you out for the next two years. He's like, you're going to give me $8 million a year to not coach. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, I love that dude. <laughs> I love him, man. I, he needs to do T. Like, we need to see more of him, man. Like, I don't know. He needs to do TV or something. Um, I know he's been going around. He actually came to Notre Dame for a uh, spring ball and talked to the kids and stuff. They had videos of that, man. He he just can't go away. He needs to stay around I agree. Uh, the, 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 the sport in some kind of capacity. I, I agree. So anyway, um, we should finish up with our thoughts uh, on this past game. 
And also talk about the upcoming game against the Baltimore Ravens, which I now have tickets to go see. And I'm in deep regret <laughs> about that. So wrap, wrap up, please, the, the game that was. We got to talk on, man. We got to talk about this for a sec, bro. So you, the Bills is playing the Ravens, and, you know, that's usually our trip because we're so close. I mean, we're not only by, what, hour away? I, I'm um, maybe an hour. Yeah. And it's a little further from me down in Richmond. But yeah, you're like three was, hours. Right. That was always our trip that we get together. You know, uh, we got a party bus going, you know, food and drinks and all that stuff. And so you went ahead and got your ticket, right? On Sunday. On Sunday. I got my ticket and I bought a, I, I bought parking too. Okay. And so the tickets are starting to go down now because we're getting Hurricane Ivan that's going to be hitting us this weekend. Yes, not as hard as just hitting Florida, but it's going to be raining the whole weekend. Yes. And and I don't know if you know this about me. I hate (laughs) getting wet. I know. Oh, my God. I am like the Wicked Witch of the West. Like, I I feel like I'm going to melt when I get wet. I hate it so passionately. I can't even... Put it into words. My my sensitive gingery skin cannot handle the rain. So that's why I'm quite surprised that you went ahead and bought the tickets, um, especially so early. I want to. I want to sell it because I don't, I, I don't want it. Because <laughs> I don't want to go. Because <laughs> I look at tickets. I look at StubHub at tickets and games. I even. Um, I know I'm not even going to go to because I like looking at it like the stock market. I like to see the ebbs <laughs> and flows of it. And so I told you when we got on there uh, today, I was like, look, if I could get a ticket for like $10 from somebody like you who know they're not going, they just want to salvage something, then I'll drive up there and go in the rain just to get a cheap ticket to the game. I will go. Um, just like I did a few years ago when we it was a hurricane going through North Carolina and Notre Dame was in town playing NC State. And so so, the day of the game, somebody was selling their tickets for $12. And I'm like, (laughs) nobody, you can never go see Notre Dame for $12. That's like getting free tickets. I'm like, we're going. So we drove through torrential rain, sat out there. It was raining so hard. It was half a capacity stadium. And we sat out there, me and the kids. And my wife was going out of town on business. And remember, we talked about this. My mom was like, you better not be taking my babies out there. <laughs> you, what are you doing going to see some football? And so literally, bro, I'm talking about power lines down. I'm talking about streets closed. I'm talking about everything. Like it was it was a hurricane. I remember bro, we were, I remember seeing the game on TV and the <laughs> looked like a mirror. Yes. It yes. was, it, it it was, was so much water that the lights were just reflecting off of it. Yeah. It, it, it you couldn't see the, you couldn't see the, the the yard markers. It was unbelievable. And when you can see rain coming down on TV, it's really coming you down. No, it's coming. It was just like <laughs> the it was blurred out. You right. couldn't see the field. Right. Oh, from it was the cameras. Horrible. It was horrible. And so we drove basically down. It was like three and a half hours to get there. We did it just to say we did it. And we probably stayed out there a little bit more than a half. And then we wanted the kids like, okay, I can't do this. And I was like, well, at least you know you'll never forget it. And that was actually their first Notre Dame game. And I was like, you all will never forget this, right? And so thank God. I just think I, nothing happened. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if the car would have got slid off the road or we would like it was a car that got hit by a power line that was on fire. Jesus. On the side of the road, dog. I'm not playing. Like I got the videos of everything. <laughs> so it could have really went south. So I just thank God nothing happened. Yeah. Because then my wife and my mom would have just blamed me. Like, what are you thinking? And I'm just thinking, hey, man, hey, why not, man? You only live once, man, you know? So thank God nothing that's happened. Right. But that's why I think of this, like this week, it's going to be a plenty of people who are not, like I'm not sitting out in the rain for this. And I'm like, okay, if I get a $10 ticket, I'm going. I okay because the last time we did the Ravens, it was a quagmire out there, and I yeah. had no fun whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, and usually I stick it out, man. But we were getting whooped. I left at halftime. I was like, yeah. plus I had a further ride. I was like, dude, and I know I'm gonna have to hit all this traffic. I'm like, we're getting whooped. This is nasty out here. I'm like, I just left at halftime. Nah. Anyway, we've been going at it almost an hour. We should probably wrap up. All right, before we go, man, the news of this week. Pro Bowl is being named the Pro Bowl, uh, the Pro Bowl game. So they're taking out the uh, Pro Bowl as we know it, and they change it to a week of skills competition and a flag football game at the end of the week. What do you think about that? I I think that that's something that the players will probably appreciate because who the hell after their season is over wants to go out there and hit each other? I know that's right. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see how it turns out, man. So everybody wanted reform to the Pro Bowl because everybody don't want to see a fake football game. So let's see how this works. Everybody hated the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Okay, cool. Well, hey, man, uh, I'm glad we got to do this. I hope my microphone is working correctly. And, (laughs) (laughs) And I would love for you to sing us a song. Let's get the Ravens this week. Even Hurricane Ivan. Everybody's getting affected by uh, Godspeed, man. We're praying for you. Hey, hey.